and welcome to episode 17 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. That's Chelsea FC. In case you've been down a mine for the last eight days or so, we are the first London club to lift European, European club football's biggest prize, the Champions League. We are the champions of Europe. <laughs> Unser Podding, unser Shed, unser Porco. <laughs> Quite. It sounds even better in the glow of victory. I thought I'd, I slowed it down this week to give it a more stately. I, I, th- you know, I think now that we're there and we've won it, we you know we're basking. And, and as as you noted previously, we're going to milk this for all it's worth. Yes. Um, we beat the Germans on penalties in Germany. A week later, it still sounds faintly ridiculous. And of course, it must be a coincidence that within three days of our win, Sepp Blatter has decided that pe- penalties are a tragedy and that football needs an alternative. And to show that we were paying attention last weekend and not just getting uproariously drunk and hugging other Chelsea fans, we shall rep- respond in German. Sepp, du bist ein großer Scheißkopf. <laughs> and given that my German doesn't extend much further, the only thing that football needs an alternative to is you. Joining me, safely returned from their arduous but ultimately heroic European adventures, are Mark25, who is Mark. Hello. Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Good evening. And last, but by no means least, Chelsea's very own home guard. He didn't travel to Munich, but he selflessly chose to stand defiant and guard home turf with his pitchfork in his hand, like a cross between Vera Lynn and Captain Mannering, but with a far greater quantity of real ale on board. Grocer Jack, who is Tony? I thought it was more Corporal Jones, myself. (laughs) Yes, I was probably a bit more of don't panic, don't panic. No, actually, I was panic. Panic! (laughs) There was a a good degree of panic. Fellow European champions and globally renowned podcasters, good evening. Good evening. Um, we will start off, um, the three of us, and, and Tony, Tony will be chipping in shortly with um, his, his own impressions on the overall experience. Um, Munich itself, um, what were our impressions? The good, the bad, the food, the beer, the ugly, everything else. Um, Mark, you were there for a, a good day and a half or so. Kick us off with your views on the whole place. Yes, uh, the Munich experience. Um, it was quite interesting, actually, travelling in by train from the airport. Um, there were obviously loads of fans on there, and I was sitting next to a German, but he was a Chelsea fan, and he'd lived in England in Earl's Court for the last eight years. Okay. And um, so it was a bit odd going into town with a German supporting Chelsea, and just on the other seat, on the opposite side of the carriage, was an Australian who'd been working in um, Sweden for a week and extended his holiday so he could come and watch Chelsea, who he hadn't seen live for about 30 years. Oh, wow. So it had quite an international feel to it, and... Um, we then made our way into town, checked our bags in, and um, got to some restaurant that was recommended on Google near the um, main square, which I've already forgotten the name of. Uh, Marion Platz. That's the one. That's the fella. And uh, there was a big congregation of Chelsea fans there. 
Um, but it was quite a nice restaurant, but you had to share tables, which was no problem. So we sat with, uh, there were four of us, me and my son and another father and son combination. And uh, a couple of Belgians joined us and they were from Antwerp and one was supporting Bayern and one was supporting Chelsea. And it just gave the feel that, you know, coming in on the train and at the restaurant, there was an awful lot of people coming from all over the place mm. to come and watch this game. And, and it had an international flavour to it. Yeah. Uh, but it was a good restaurant. Um, the other father who was um, with us um, played his part in a wet T-shirt competition because the um, Fraulein came round with eight beers on her tray. And just as she was walking past him, this Chelsea fan came charging into the restaurant and collided, and eight beers fell on top of him. <laughs> Com- I mean, completely. So he was absolutely soaked all the way through. Um, but he took it in good spirits. And then we had the uh, sausage that you recommended to us, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Which was a um, white sausage. The, the vice first. That came with a sweet mustard. Mm. Where you had to peel off the skin and then dab it in the mustard. To be honest, it was a little bit soft for my taste. And um, Tony, you, you weren't able to make it to Munich. But if I bought you back a souvenir, would your preference be a soft sausage with no skin? Or a firm sausage with its skin intact. Oh, you go for the firm sausage with skin intact every time. Every time. Yeah, I think I would, to be honest. <laughs> um, anyway, we, we had a few beers there, and then we wandered off to another bar and met loads of um, Chelsea fans who sat in the same row as me at Stamford Bridge. Oh, who, we, right. who, who, funnily enough, they're at the end of the row, and we just sort of walk past them. We, we never talk, because we're down the other end of the row. But anyway, we struck up a good relationship. And uh, we shall be talking to each other endlessly next season at at Stamford Bridge. Yes. Um, And then we made our way up to um, the stadium and we um, met. We we went up to the station that they recommended on the website, which was Odeon Splats. But by the time we got there, they'd closed the station because they couldn't cope with the volume of fans. So um, we waited there for about an hour. Then we gave up on that and went up to the um, road waited for about half an hour for a taxi and couldn't find a single cab mm. and then went back down into the station and waited for another half hour and forced our way on to the last train going to the stadium and then managed to jog the 15 minutes from the station to the ground and got into into it a five minutes before kickoff. Blimey. So That's I have to say I'm not overly fine. impressed with um, German efficiency. It's, I mean, it's an interesting point. It, I, we've, we've, uh, I would just confirm this is this is no sort of Paul Daniels fixed magic trick. Every single, pretty much every single point you've made there, I was going to make myself about you know the international nature of it, meeting people that you see every week but don't speak to, and the transport. They were the, the kind of my three points about the whole Munich experience. Sorry. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. It's, it shows How was your sausage? It, did it my, stand I, up every weekend? It had its moments. Um, <laughs> I I got there on Friday lunchtime, um, met my mate Tim, who has been a, a Chelsea fan for a number of years, and everywhere he goes when, when he's supporting Chelsea, he's got a scarf from way back in the 80s that just says, Chelsea are magic, it all be in very faded letters. And we we opined on a couple of occasions out throughout the weekend that you know you simply wouldn't see stuff like that in the megastore these days, it just doesn't happen. So, met up with him, 
went down into um, into town on the Friday afternoon, Friday night, and we met within minutes of arriving. There were friends of his. There were people in from Singapore. There were people in from Melbourne. There were people in from Vancouver. I mean, it was just extraordinary the efforts that people, had, uh, the lengths that people had gone to to actually get to Munich, irrespective of whether they had a ticket or not. It was just about being there, um, which. So it was a real sort of you know lift, lifted the heart. And at the time, I was fairly confident I had a ticket, but it wasn't in my hands. So I was sort of prepared for to be with you know some of these guys and you know sitting in a bar and whatever. And, and I actually felt fine. You know, if that's the way it's going to be, this is you know this will be a great weekend one way or the other. Um, in terms of the transport, by sheer luck, other than anything else. We had lunch out um, near the Oktoberfest site, which is sort of a little bit down towards the sort of southwest of town. Um, went there, met um, a friend of ours who was in with his daughter, who was just on the day trip. So he was literally arrived at sort of ten o'clock in the morning, back out at three o'clock on um, on Sunday morning. Uh, met him for lunch, sat down, lots of Chelsea fans there, all great fun, and, and we we at pork and we swung steins and, and had a, a jolly old time and we went back into the Marienplatz after that and we got there about four o'clock came out of the kind of the main exit onto the Marienplatz and it was I've never ever seen so many people it was it was Trafalgar Square on sort of an old school New Year's Eve times about 10 and the conservative estimates that we'd heard was anywhere between 500,000 and a million people from Munich and the surrounding area or wherever had actually come into town just to see the game, you know, without tickets, whatever, just to, to sit in bars or whatever it happened to be. Um, met some friends in another bar just around the corner and said, Look, I'm going to stay with you, have a quick pint, and uh, I'm going to head back out to the hotel just to sort of charge my phone and have a quick shower and so on. Did that, met up with my mate Tim back at the hotel. We had a couple of beers and he was having all sorts of drama about how to meet the guy with his ticket um, which was arriving I think the guy was on a flight from Paris at four o'clock that afternoon so it was all cutting it slightly fine um, and by the time we actually got to the ground I, I had my ticket he didn't have his and I left him with no phone reception and a, a diminishing battery I didn't have any idea whether he got in or not so but we'll come back to that later um, but the way we got there was having looked at the centre of the town itself and thought the trains are going to be absolute madness, let's give it a miss we went, we got a cab to a station one stop north of um, I can't remember the name of it Fodding, Foddingstrasse or something like that where the ground was and there was a beer garden with about 40 people in it had a couple of beers went one stop south on a train that was about a third full and got to the station got to the ground which um you know was was quite extraordinary um and on the other point he said just <coughs> a little bit now um sitting got into my seat which was way up in the gods i paid 60 quid for it and i would think i was about five rows in the back of the top tier so um we climbed a few flights of steps that night um and sitting in front of me about a seat or two to the right was the guy who sits about a seat or two to the right in front of me at Stanford Bridge who we never <laughs> never speak to uh, barely you know you know not occasionally but never have the time of day for each other as you do it's just one of those things and obviously now we are lifelong pals having shared many man hugs throughout the course of um, well the penalty shootout rather than the evening itself um, but yeah I you know I loved it. I love Munich anyway. I worked there, spent a lot of time there. And um, the Sunday was when it came into its own because it was much quieter. And we sat 
outside a bar just off the off the Marienplatz. We drank a few beers and we sat and we ate pork products and um, and generally just soaked it all up. We read the local papers and um, and looked at pictures of Bastian Schweinsteiger with his face in the turf crying and gave a wry smile to ourselves. Um, Donald, I've rambled enough. Over to you. Your experience in Munich and in- including details of how you managed to lose your phone. <laughs> and, and also, I, did, I want full details on the train journey because that's quite sounds quite exciting. Quite important. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we. Um, because I got my ticket late, uh, and uh, the person I got my ticket who couldn't go passed it on to me. He was going with someone who didn't book anything because of the doubt. So in the end, we very late booked a train, and that that journey was basically from King's Cross, uh, St Pancras, uh, the Eurostar. You booked up, you book all the way through to Cologne, but you change at Brussels. Mm. So when I booked it, it had flashing up only ten tickets left. Blah 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 blah. And I had to book the slightly more expensive seat than had been available like a week before. Got on the train, the two of us sitting there and a couple of people sat on the seats on the opposite side of the carriage. Uh, the train left St Pancras and this woman bowled through and said, um, feel free, spread out, because you're the only people who are going to have this carriage. <laughs> it's like the whole <laughs> carriage. So, um, you know, and they serve you some food and, you know, it's just lovely change at Brussels, just walked across a couple of platforms and um, got on the the service to Cologne and it's that Talis service and mm. it is fantastic. I, I think we paid for Comfort 1 rather than Comfort 2 because that was all that was left and you're talking about a, a railway carriage where we're sitting seats next to each other then there's the, the walkway and then there's one more seat so if you can imagine next time you get on a Virgin train going to Manchester, look about four seats, and that was me. And then, you know, they'd, they'd cram about eight seats into the same mm. thing. And it was I, I, I hate to mention this, but if you travel first class in England, it is two seats, then the walkway, and mm. then one seat. Well, being, although obviously I, I tend to... Sh- you know, I spend all my money on having my shopping delivered. My, <laughs> I don't. I don't have any money left to travel first class. So we would this have, was the nearest I got to it. We would. And we would note briefly for a moment in terms of whilst whilst the underground may have failed. Um, my pal Tim did the. Um, he flew into Frankfurt on um, Friday morning and then got the train from Frankfurt to Munich, and he upgraded himself to a first a little first class cabin. Mm. And he said it was a three-hour journey. It was him on his own, Wi-Fi access, sat there at a very little, very plush little seat, with his own steward, wandering <laughs> in every now and again, saying, "Could I have a beer?" And this, I mean, it's unthinkable in England. And we, we we love the Germans for it. Tim said, you know, being a man who likes a cigarette occasionally, he said, "Look, I know it's against the rules, but would you mind if I had a cigarette?" Not at all, sir sparked himself a fag up in his non-smoking carriage with his Wi-Fi and sat there merrily puffing away doing doing his, his email admin and so forth and said he couldn't have had a more pleasant journey said it was fantastic yeah. I think T- Talis as I understand it is is um, a company that basically operates high-speed services from Brussels through to various parts of Germany I think it's owned partly by the Belgians the French the because <clears throat> I think you can go from Paris all the way through to Cologne on it, but it's, uh, it's so great. It's a successful uh, version of the Euro. Yeah, yeah. And, and did you um, manage to sleep on it? 
No, because that was through to Cologne, and then we got off at Cologne. And I don't know okay. if you saw my tweets. We we had a couple of hours to wait because we were getting the sleeper down from Cologne, mm. and Cologne Cathedral's right next door to the the station. So we had a bit of a better something to eat and drink, and a bit of a wander around. And that's when I spotted my first Chelsea fan of the trip. Because oh, yes. I, I was expecting some on the Euro and some on Talis. They may have been, but uh, they weren't uh, openly identifying themselves. And there was a bloke sitting there with some cans and a flag over his shoulder. And uh, he was looking a bit the worse for wear. So I sort of said to my colleague, oh, look, our first fan of the, the trip. Uh, and on we went, had our wander. And then anyway, we went up onto the platform to wait for the sleeper. And uh, I went to look at, because on the platform, they actually lay out where the train will stop and where your carriage will be and all this sort of stuff. So you, you go and have a look at this. And next thing I looked around and there was John in conversation with said Herbert from Cologne Cathedral. <laughs> he, was, he was a guy from um, Burgess Hill and he was by then 99.3% alcohol. <laughs> and this was, this was the Friday <laughs> night. Friday night. Jesus. And he opened his, pulled his coat open and there was a bottle of whiskey <laughs> in one pocket <laughs> and several bottles of beer in another. And we spent the rest of the weekend, other than the penalty shootout and the game itself, where obviously we're too tense to think about it. Every for the rest of the sort of trip, every so often we kept saying to ourselves, "I wonder where on God's earth he is now." <laughs> because when we got off at Munich, we we went on the sleeper, and when we got off, we didn't see him get off the sleeper. So, luckily, I think the sleeper was stopping in Munich. He couldn't was, go any further. I was going to ask Istanbul, final destination. <laughs> <laughs> It's only one's yeah. history, isn't yeah. it? Uh, what was Cologne yeah. Cathedral like? Oh, well, I didn't get a chance to go inside it, so I only sort of how old is it? Found it, but um, it, it's it's I'd say it's late Gothic. I think it got bomb damage. But well, it's, I was going to say, how did we manage to miss that? I'm going to write to Bomber Harris and find out what the hell he was up to. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, on one side of the square, you've got this this very high Gothic Cologne Cathedral, and on the other side, a very plain looking what must be a Lutheran church, you know, and the two are either side of this square, and it, they form a very stark contrast, you know, in terms of, sort of the Reformation is there in front of you, if you know what I mean. But um, I'd love to go and have a good walk around, you know, stay. It is, and it is, an, extraordinary, it is an extraordinary place. I, I mm. many years ago, d did a couple of trips out to Cologne for a, a trade fair mm. and a, a business I was working at, and it's a magnificent, lit up at night, it looks extraordinary, um, and the beer in Cologne—I mean, the beer in Munich was exceptionally good. We, we noted the next the, on the Saturday morning that we'd quaffed quite a few, and given that it is, you know, it's not chemical shit like Stella, and yeah, you don't get a bad head, do you? You don't get a bad head. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we we really put that to the test, and, and eventually failed on about sort of Sunday. Yeah, but you don't get that terrible, funny headache after a few yeah. that you, you sort of expect to get, and it never arrives. But it's the same if you drink um, the, the beer, the local beer in um, Cologne. I can't remember. I think it's called Kolsch or Kolsch or something like that. And that was also tremendous stuff. If I don't know if that was what you were drinking, but that's excellent. Gear. We, we only sort of had sort of a, a short stop in Cologne, really. But I'd love to go back there. Yeah, um, no, it's a great city. So we got we got to Munich at ten past seven in the morning. We had a bit of a wash in the we, uh, as you confidently predicted. There was you know facilities within the station, and um, we had a chat with a guy on the underground who explained about you know buying a day ticket and telling us where to go and everything. And yes, and we had uh, went but to. You, the did, you didn't need that on. Um, you could use your. Um, 
Champions League ticket on that day. Well, he said you couldn't, and we were a bit wet, leery about. Okay. We, we just carried on thinking you could. No one asked to see our ticket. I, I, I was uh-huh. going to say, I wasn't at any point over the three days yeah. I was travelling the underground. I was never, ever asked to show a ticket uh-huh. or stamp one in or anything like that. We well, see, I'm used to that sort of thing living in Hackney, where we used to have Hackney-free bus until Boris, you know, got rid of <laughs> like that. But um, we just thought, oh, well, we want to keep our tickets safe. We'll just get... Because two, you could travel for up to five people would travel on one card for, like, I think it was nine euros or something for the oh, day. Right, so okay. um, and we went and had uh, went to the Victor Market, you know, back of Marion Platz, and had something to eat and drink. And then we got the tram out to the Englisher Garden, and obviously it was a day the sort of weather we've been experiencing this week. Yeah. And uh, John had, had a you know sort of had a problem with his shoulder and everything, so he hadn't slept that well on the train. So he fancied a kip, so he just lay down, and I sat on a bench and had a read and we were there for a couple of hours and you know there was families out cycling around and a constant stream of fans mm, and it's then, a lovely place isn't it it's beautiful and towards sort of midday-ish you could hear this sort of brass band music so we thought oh well you know after a couple of hours we sort of wandered off and we got to the Chinese pagoda that's in the middle of the English garden mm. and there's a big restaurant there and this huge wooden Chinese pagoda three stories up is an umpa band playing away, and <laughs> there's all these um, all these sort of tables and benches full of people, all these huge steins of beer, and this is midday, and the sun is beating down, and everyone <laughs> is drinking enormous amounts of beer, and I was thinking they've got nine hours before they won't be able to see, you know, they've gone <laughs> blind by that time, and all this music was being played, and huge amounts of I mean we'd seen them all the way from the station arriving from seven o'clock in the morning hundreds and hundreds and thousands of Bayern fans all mm. clad in the, the Bayern shirt and these sort of not, not what we'd think of as lederhosen like the proper shorts but they go down below the knee and yeah, tie up uh, sort of, jobs, yeah. actually I was very surprised by how many people were wearing lederhosen yes. because we made a joke of it before we went uh, out yeah. no, but they're, they're, all wearing it. they're all young they're all you know, young these are sort of guys in their 20s you know and that was very noticeable the, the age, the age range of, of the Bayern, your average Bayern fan, their age must have been much, much younger than Chelsea fans. All right, we, you know, we'd had to come further, so blah, blah, blah. But you know, there are lots they, and they lots of young pay. fans who can afford to go to football. Yeah, I think they know? can still pay twelve euros for a ticket. But yeah. it's um, in terms of stuff to do before you die. Obviously, watch your team win the European Cup is one. We've done that. That's off the list. Excellent. Um, but also, if you can go to the Oktoberfest, and that's when you see the Munichers at their absolute best, because it, it's almost, you know, a kind of a shame on you if you don't don't dress in the national dress. You know, you see yeah. less, you see far less people who are wandering around in jeans and a t-shirt who are German, you know, or mm. Bavarian nationals. You do, you know, the girls and the boys all come out in their dernals and their lederhosen, and it's just the done thing. You don't deviate from it but the atmosphere was was so you know everyone it was a big event was happening everyone was there for it but the the, the atmosphere was really friendly i thought you yeah. know i didn't see any you know nonsense there was lots of singing you know chelsea people singing Bayern people singing and you know we went back and we had lunch there was about 20 of us had lunch at this restaurant just off the the Vichelin market and we were there for like four hours and as with Mark, you know, there were some seats that were spare while we were waiting for people to come up. 
and you know come come in and join us because people were some of the people came via Leipzig and Frankfurt and all sorts of different routes and people you know just sort of asking oh are these seats free and you know Bayern fans would be quite happy to sit down you know if, yeah. if the seats have been free and there's one woman who's really you know very well dressed with a couple of sort of teenage children and she came up and asked herself sorry you know people are, are coming and she said oh never mind never mind Good luck for this evening. You need to you know, obviously you need to be wary of Germans wishing you good luck. Mm. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, I didn't do that. Oh, they were thanks very much. Whistles. And yeah, even the no, following day, I thought they were very friendly. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I, I simply didn't see. There was there was one guy on the tube um, back from the match who was a bit of an arse. He was Canadian, oddly enough. He wasn't German at all. He was just a, a Canadian Bayern fan, and he was just a bit of a prick about it. Um, but obviously, he was you know he was simply being laughed at by a lot of Chelsea fans, and you know he he thought they were laughing with him, but no, they were laughing at him. Um, but every everyone else I met to a man, they were. We'll come on to this in terms of the view of the game the only thing about it I thought they were they were only very very slightly arrogant about it but maybe it comes from from having a team that you've seen win the European Cup four times and we're probably all slightly more nervous given that we've not seen our team win it at all yeah I, I don't think I don't think they came across as any more yes I mean we had this Unzer stat Unzer you know which mm. fair enough it was in their gaff and so on and so forth but yeah I didn't I sensed that they felt that it, this was their destiny, it you know, was, it, was it was in their stadium time, yeah. and stuff. And, you know, everything, the media and everyone was feeding into that. But that didn't come across as being any more sure of themselves or arrogant than, than Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United, teams like that, who've, who've got a similar history of, you know, we get to these things and we We're win going them. To win, yeah. That's you know, so I, 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 don't, I didn't see it as, you know, this peculiar German arrogance. It was that confidence as you say, from comes with, you know, with the supporting a big team. And although, you know, we are sort of in our own minds now a big team, we're not mm. quite as confident as perhaps we should be. <laughs> no, indeed. But yeah, it was a fantastic, you know, I'll probably never do another one. Uh, it's the one I've done. And it, you know, if, if only could, football could be like that all the time, I think it would be. I think, I mean, I think that's the thing. If we, if, if I could, Sort of off because we're going to hand the floor over to Tony in a minute because mm. he is the man who didn't go and, and by all accounts still had a, a cracking evening, albeit a very different one. We're going to hand the floor to Tony to tell his tale in a moment. But I think that was that was my overall impression in the sense that it's what um, I, I must give a, a, a very very quick mention here to Dan Veen, who is Blues Chronicle on Twitter, who's the man who writes all the match reports for the Hammersmith and Fulham Chronicle, who is a splendid chap anyway. But he's the man who got me my ticket and he found a Chelsea fan who was happy to sell his ticket at face value. That got me into the game. So, Dan, we give you a huge shout-out. But we sat there with with him and uh, and had a couple of beers on the, both the Saturday and the Sunday and he said, this is what we were robbed of in Moscow. This is what we couldn't do. We couldn't descend en masse because it was too expensive. You couldn't sit in the sun with all of your mates having a beer and having a good time. This was a proper European Cup final. Mm. And that's you know that's the this is the overriding impression of it. And obviously, you know, things could have been entirely different. It could have been ten degrees and pissing with rain, and we could have lost, and we'd have had an entirely different experience. And I expect that you know, thirty-six minutes into this podcast, we'd have probably finished by now. Yeah. But 
it wasn't. It, it just worked. Um, I still, I still think, John. Even if it had not been lovely weather and it had been pissing rain and we'd lost, <laughs> I, ju- I still think I, that it would still have been fun. You know, taking the trip on the train the way I did, uh, the 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 way we were generally treated by people there, and and the atmosphere that was. Yes, we'd all have been crushed into bars rather than out in the streets and so on mm. and so forth. But I still think, and, and I remember getting up from the restaurant while I still had my phone and thinking, you know, this has been such a good day. Yeah. You know, even, and, you know, half expecting to lose it because we were so, you know, stretched as a squad, et cetera, et cetera. But just thinking, whatever happens now, I have to remember that up to this point, this has been as good as it gets. Yeah, you know, and and I, I mustn't forget this. Whatever happens, if we lose, we lose. But mm. I've had a great time. I couldn't ask for a, a better day yeah. following a football team. And, you know, I think had it been raining and a bit cold, we'd have just been in bars having a similar, mm. having a similarly good time. You know, yeah. it was that sort of feel to the place. And, you know, Munich, I'd love to go back to Munich. It looks yeah. like a fantastic city. And it, it is a great city. It's, it's, um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy being back there because it, it's been a few years since I've been. And um, and it was just the same. And, you know, the, the fact that most of the time I was there when I was working, it was actually in winter. So it was actually good to see it with the sun out and um, and obviously filled with, you know, X thousand Chelsea fans. I didn't well. get down to the river. That was my only regret. Yeah, I, d- I didn't either, actually. But... Um, but yeah, it's um, it's certainly a place to go back to. And um, hey, listen, you know, if we don't get to the European Cup final next year, fuck it, let's all go back to Munich and have a bit of reunion. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be cheaper to get there. It'll be cheaper to stay there. Yes, indeed. The tubes won't be as crowded. What more could you ask for? Anyway, listen. And my brother works for British Airways, so I can oh. no doubt do us all a deal on flights. Even better, you can make it this time. But Tony. We've rambled long enough. We are now going to hand over to you. Tell us about your day. Tell us about your evening. Don't tell us about the game because we're going to do that in a bit. But how did you do it? Painfully. <laughs> um, you know, it was. Yeah, I've, I've sort of said it before. Um, it was all down to uh, a choice between season ticket and Munich. And um, I'd taken the plunge on the Friday night before and renewed my season ticket uh, on the basis that at that late hour, the only way I was going to get out to Munich was if Roman himself came along and said, look, uh, you know, I quite like what you do for the website, so why don't you just come and have a run out <laughs> with us? Um, Miserable and, bastard didn't I? Yeah, yeah, he's such an ungrateful wretch, honestly. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think the, 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 the day started, uh, ironically, with me wandering around Morrison's again with my missus, you know, just sort of like, I was trying to find any any reason I could to take it out of my mind to remove all uh, not to give it any importance in my life you know and and it's just it was uh, you know for for a a while I was I was I was King Canute I was just trying to hold back this tidal wave of fear and excitement and anticipation and everything and it failed dismally and uh, by the time I'd got to the championship playoff um, that was the first bit of blessed relief because I was following everything on Twitter. So I saw mm. Terence the cat. I saw that that, that she'd um, uh, Trisha Tricia, a, a real name, but she sort of sent through saying they won't let us order any more beer until we've paid our bill, which was two hundred and seventy euros at that point. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, the beer wasn't actually that expensive. It has to be noted. But carry on. Twenty of us did. A th- it was a thousand euros by the time we left the restaurant for about yeah. twenty three of us or something. It's not bad yeah. actually. It was good. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, you know, but it was it was sort of adding into the day slightly. The the championship final 
um, between West Ham and Blackpool uh, was a welcome relief. It did take my mind away for two or three hours. And I actually was tweeting uh, all the way through saying, you know, how nervous I was and I've run out of fingernails and, you know, and I was ready to eat my own hand now with nerves. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm the one the week before, like I guess a lot of us were putting on a bit of bravado about it's not that important, you know, the Premiership's the one we want, this is a corrupt competition, blah, 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 blah. Of course. Deep yeah. down inside, of course, every single one of us knew that that's the one we wanted. You know that, that that kind of seals your arrival as a big club. In whatever yeah. way you want it, you're now in that echelon of the the, the, the handful of teams that have won it, um, uh, either under the old format or the or the, the new format. And uh, I actually tweeted at one point. My brother is on his way. Um, he's a bit of a hard bastard, and he'll sort me out. He'll come in and he'll say, you know, get your act together. We've got a game to get on with here. Uh, and when he rang on the doorbell, <laughs> I thought David was off. Thank Christ, he's here, like, you know. And I opened up the door and he looked at me and went, I don't know what to say. I'm in bits. <laughs> I was like, you can't let me down now. You can't do this to me, you know. And uh, but we, 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 we. Was it, sorry to interrupt, but was it one of those shit if he's nervous? <laughs> yes. Crikey, it was. And my missus actually went out to see her mum and dad on the basis that she said, one of you, me, being like that is bad enough. Two of you, she said, is unbearable. So off she trotted and um, she came back, you know, part way through the game. Uh, you know, I, I, we were. I think I think it all settled down when we finally said, "Is it too early for a beer?" No, and I think the first beer never touched the size of either of us. You know, it was just uh, 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 such a welcome relief. What, uh, you know, my mates, mates turned up and we had a, had a reasonable crowd of people. We kept it lower key than the FA Cup final because um, I, I'm ironically quite un, I'm a bit uncertain about. It, you know, sort of, and I mean this in the right sense of the word, sort of emotionally exposing myself. Yeah, because I, lo- I, I lost it so much at the FA Cup final. I just didn't really want to put myself out there and have people sitting there thinking, he's off his trolley, do you know what I mean? <laughs> or he's, he's more off his trolley than we even imagined because uh, I knew what that game would be like. And, it, and it, indeed, it, it was exactly like that. And, and I will say this when I wrote the match report, it was the single hardest match report I've ever had to do. The right. single hardest one because you can report on a defeat, you can report on victories in other competitions, but. Just from that perspective, it was the hardest single one to write because it couldn't have been more dramatic, it couldn't have been more emotional, it mm. couldn't have been more. Uh, you know, odds stacked against us, and you know, I think I've I've now managed to hive the um, Sky Sports coverage onto two DVDs. I recorded the whole thing from oh, right. six oh, well o'clock done. right the way through. Got it onto a couple of DVDs now uh, to proof of concept there. Then you know, to say save all the enormous amount of space it was taken up on the V Plus box. Um, and you know, there is I watched it all again on Wednesday night, the whole thing from beginning to end, and I cannot begin to tell you how good Sky's coverage was. Yeah. And they, yeah, they, they, they the actually, highlights I saw they were they very actually good. added to it. They actually in some ways made me feel better about it because I I, I got a sense that possibly unlike certainly unlike ITV, um uh, Sky really wanted Chelsea to win. The pundits mm. wanted us to win. You know, they were they were uh, it was Hullet uh, Jamie Redknapp and, and Graham Souness and you know there was a genuine you know with Jeff Stelling kind of heading it up or whatever and and that did help I mean you know well, I know we're going to talk about the game in a minute but 
the game itself, ultimately, immediately afterwards, I could only remember a few bits of it. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah must and it took a rerun, and it took several reruns to get to the various points, you know, to put into the match report and and that sort of stuff. But that match report was unbelievably difficult to write because, uh, you know. It, you know the best wordsmith in the world would have. Had I think. Of I mean, I think that's the thing. You know, it, 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 some of the some of the, you know, kind of the Henry Winters this world. I, I think summarise it brilliantly. But for a Chelsea fan to actually put it down in words, I, I, I mean, I don't envy you at all because I wouldn't. I wouldn't have even offered. I wouldn't have attempted because I simply. I still don't have the words to. I, I want to write an article about it, but I'm yeah. nowhere near having the yeah. words for and, it. And it, but, it, um, it. It kind of summed up the whole evening. I mean, I, I was. You know, it was an incredible night of emotion. And, and me, my brother and I, who wore the same shirts for all of the cup finals that we watched together, 100% record, um, we've now retired those shirts. We've said, that's it. You know, they will be worn, <laughs> but they will never be worn in the presence of a game of football anymore, you know, because they, they can't beat it. They, they, you know, they've done their job. And I'm yeah. sure there's um, uh, hundreds of thousands of other Chelsea fans who are not going to get their hair cut, their beard cut, their toenails cut, uh, whatever, you know, um, mm. on, on the basis of, of what happened that night. It was a sensational night. Uh, and Can I give you a shirt update, Tony? Because I, I wore, um, I've got two T-shirts that I bought the year we won the double. I've got the sort of darker blue one and the proper royal blue one with just a Chelsea badge. Yeah. I'd worn the royal blue one for the FA Cup and I took it with me to Munich. But I thought... I'm going to be wandering all day in the heat. I haven't washed this since the cup final. If I keep this on, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll be, you know, I'll be humming by the time the game comes. So in the end, I put on my dark blue one underneath and my light blue one on top. <laughs> <laughs> when I got, when I, if I, you know, perspired gently, it will glowed at any point. You know, at least it would keep the. Uh, and then yeah. the smell of human whatever yeah. it is down. No, down. So, and it was uh, surprisingly warm, actually. It was. Yeah. I took this jacket, which, which may be starting to get a little bit mundane for listeners. I don't know if they want the detail of my dress. <laughs> <laughs> I, I left my jacket in the hotel and just had a, a shirt. And even at two o'clock in the morning, and we were still making our way back on the train at that point, mm. Yeah, it was really hot. Yeah, mm. it, was. it was. And can I also say that I wore um, a scarf that I received... In the early days of my blogage for this blog, I um, I got sent one of those cashmere Chelsea oh, yeah. scarves by yeah, yeah. by yes. Nick yes, uh, on the QT. He told me never to reveal that you know I got it. It was meant to be a prize, but he's so you've been receiving something. gifts. I have, and um, I wore I've I've worn it. I've worn it on several occasions, and I wore it on I wore it to the FA Cup this year, and I wore it on on Saturday. So there you go. Yeah. Sorry, Tony, you carry on. No, was, no, I, I mean... It's a brief clothing update. What, I think, What I know, would say is... After mm. we've retired the shirts, um, and when I looked, uh, w- uh, the, one other comment, I suppose, really, without before we go into the game and, and the reactions uh, that, that we had here, let alone where you were, um, was uh, the best part of, I believe... 14 bottles of real ale each that we drunk and um, you know uh, that's uh, at my age that is serious uh, liver kidney but um, I don't know how much adrenaline negates oh. the effects of it I don't know but um, it didn't negate it much the next morning this bollocks about organic hangovers through real beer rubbish uh, but it was quite a prize you know and, and it was only when we sort of looked back and we said what were we drinking and it was like <laughs> look back at the like, empties yeah. it was like things like <laughs> there wasn't one below 5% <laughs> 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 
<laughs> right. So, on, uh, on that yeah. note, we will um, we will move on to the game itself. Um, I, I'm simply I'm I'm going to read this out. Um, this is this is from a, a blog article that I wrote back in 2006 after. Barcelona knocked us out under Mourinho. Um, I think in his second season, um, and there were there, there was all sorts of we're never going to win this with Drogba up front and all the usual you know all the yeah. usual sort of stuff that the ranting that happens. Um, the rest of the article is absolute shite. I mean, you know, it, it's it's all a bit emotional and emo, you know overdone and such like. But I I will put my fault myself forward as a bit of a soothsayer, shall I say? But what we do have is hopes and dreams, and I have a dream, my friends. I have a dream that one day we will all be in a beautiful European capital, sipping cold beers on a warm spring day, and we'll make our way to some vast cavernous enormodome, and we'll watch Chelsea play in a European Cup final, and we'll win it. Under, nor- under normal circumstances. Well, well, this is the thing. Under normal circumstances, I, w- I would sit there and, and, and bask in a, in a bit of bit of glow. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the next line, which completely blows everything out of the water. <laughs> it won't be some dramatic comeback or a penalty shootout. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm absolutely right. It will be both. Um, <laughs> Donald, over to you for your, your thoughts on the game itself. Oh, well, you know, it's... Um I suppose it's the cliche, it's all a bit of a blower. Um, and you're not allowed to say it's a funny old game. No, or even that it's a game of two halves. It was... My overriding feeling was, going into the game, that we were up against it because of the, the defensive problem. So, obviously, I was relieved when I heard that Louise and Cahill were starting. Um, I was surprised with the, the choice of um, Bertrand to play ahead of, um, of Cole, but I could understand that, given that they were probably worried about Robin, etc. Um, as the game developed, it, it was sort of how I suppose you would have expected that we would uh, sit back and they would come on to us. After all, they were playing at home. They were always they, going to be dominant, weren't they? Yeah, but they were the home team. Um, we, you know, although they were missing players, we were missing key players. Uh, and I think, you know, not, not that it's necessarily Demoteo's style all the time, it's not, but I think given the resources he had, he was going to play the sort of counter-attacking game. Yeah. And my only frustration with the, the game as it unfolded was that we're we defending pretty well, but that we we didn't get the counter-attack going at all. We couldn't, uh, we couldn't string three passes together. No, which, which I thought was, unfortunately, uh, Drogba was isolated with sort of three players around him and we weren't getting anyone breaking forward to, to support him well enough. So I felt that, in, in some ways, it, it's, it's harsh to say it, that we were letting ourselves down a bit. Not, not that I, you know, think, oh, we should have dominated the game and, you know... Mm. Had, 50 chances on goal or anything like that it was more that even given the team we had out I thought that they they didn't do as well as they could have in terms of just keeping the ball a bit better and, and, and mm. maybe making a few breaks and um, you know the, the pattern didn't really change we, we had one or two half decent spells where we, we showed a bit more uh, attacking intent mm. but I have to say when, when the Bayern goal went in I sort of felt that that was pretty much you know I, I thought we have that to score that. first uh, and 
I was sort of feeling a bit resigned. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when when we came down the other end and, and, and Dropper scored, you know, in the 88th minute, it was just... Uh, then I think all sort of... I just lost any ability to, to analyse what was going to happen because, mm. you know, we, we, we sort of blew the game apart. I think we, psychologically, it was a big blow to <coughs> Bayern. And, and we did, we sort of, not got on top, but we were certainly, first period of extra time, we were, well, I think we, we, we got on top there for five or ten minutes. Yeah. And, and, yeah, they, they, were, they were rocked by it. Uh, second period of extra time, they got back in control. But it's also worth remarking that I think from about 20 minutes in in that game, um, Luis, his hamstring had gone, you know, that early in the game, he was already not mobile because he was, he was turned and beaten. And I know he's got this tendency to, to push up and get caught by a player turning quickly, but you could see that he normally has a bit of pace about him and it wasn't there. Yeah. I think, um, you know, as the game wore on, Mata looked less and less comfortable, particularly in extra time. I mean, Mata's um, looked leggy since about March. Yeah, but I think he actually was carrying something by the time by the time the game was finished. Mm. Um, Torres made a bit of a difference. You know, I, I thought Kalou did okay. You know, the, the whole team, there was no one I would pick out and say didn't do what they, yeah. they had to do. But I just think that part of the plan that was, you know, we hit them on the break. We didn't ever, other than maybe a short period in, in this, you know, towards the end of the the 90 minutes and then in the, the early part of the <clears throat> the first period of extra time we never really got to grips as an attacking force which I say disappointing I, I, before we'd won it I was thinking it was always going to be a big ask given what we had yeah. at our disposal but I would like to have seen just a little bit more in the attacking sense from us and yeah. You know, if I'm honest, obviously, you know, once we've won on penalties, I mean, that all goes out the window, you know, you do what you can. and you <laughs> Who win. gives but, a shit? Yeah. yeah, but I think if I'm honest, I thought we didn't, I didn't expect us to to be that good because we were sort of cobbling together a team and some of the people were playing injured and so on. But I did mm. just feel that we could have done a little bit better on the counter-attack. And maybe Ramirez missing was, was a big problem there. Yeah. For us, I well, I think I did. I, I said to, you know, obviously, you know, new lifelong friends either side of me who I'd never met before at half-time, you know, if, if you're going to play in what is the biggest game in your careers for, for well, the, the majority of the, the players out there, then you would sincerely hope they will come out in the second half and give more of a display than they have in the first half because they were dreadful. And I think, the, you know, the only thing that that really stood out is, above everything else, I mean, we, we were extraordinarily resilient and, you know, we rode our luck, we did all the things that that people have suggested we did, um, and, but ultimately we did it. And, and that's on the night all that matters, you know. Would, would I choose it as, as a as a platform to go forward probably not you know yes the players are important Di Matteo which we could probably dedicate a whole podcast to elsewhere you know whether he's the right man or the wrong man or needs help or needs a year contract or a three year contract it's anyone's guess but as as a platform to go forward you wouldn't really choose it but there was something that worked that night um, that hey I, I think, I think so. Johnny, it was a team 
a team that should have won it two or three years ago, winning it at the last knockings, uh, mm. with the benefit that some younger players, the likes of Cahill, Louise, Bertrand, people like that, were playing that night. So they have something to take forward yeah. into the, the, the Chelsea rebuild. And the players that have formed the core of a, a what's been a good six or seven years worth of a Chelsea team mm. got what they should have possibly won when we had a, a more few years back. Yeah, you know, uh, that, no, no one, no Chelsea fan would argue that was the best Chelsea team or performance. But mm. it, hell, it's it's cup football. You know, yeah, if you if you if, if the Champions League becomes a proper league, then you win it over. 18 games or 20 games or however they decide to structure it but while it's cup football that will happen and we're the beneficiaries no one was crying for us the night we lost in Moscow mm. when on the second half performance we perhaps edged a game yeah you know no one was crying tears for us that night no, it's for, it's and so I feel very sorry for, for Bayern fans and for Bayern Munich and for Schweinsteiger and those you know it's a terrible way to lose the game but you know that's, That's the way life is. And I think, actually, it was interesting. I, I didn't know this till, or did, didn't reflect on this until the next day, but, but Schweinsteiger missing was, was John Terry in Moscow. Mm, yeah. Was the homegrown hero yeah. who, who could have pretty much sealed it mm. and, um, and didn't. And, yeah. um, and that was that. And, you know, it's, it's going, you know, John Terry has, has come back and, for all his flaws, um, has has sort of buried his demons now um, in yeah. one way or another. Whether Schweinsteiger does is anyone's guess. It'll be interesting to see. But um, um, we'll, we'll talk about kind of, you know, the goals and the extra time and penalties in a minute. But Mark, your thoughts on the game as a whole? Yes. Um, well, I won't, I won't repeat what you two, two guys have said because you've covered it pretty much. But, um, I mean, I think we just had to mend and make do, which is fairly typical as what we have to do against the Germans uh, but with four suspensions and injuries and whatever you know we, we put the best team together that we could and played the style that we had to play one for the situation we were in and two with the personnel we had available and you know it was an away game and even though it's meant to be an independent stadium yes it should have been equally allocated it clearly wasn't and they even stuck a tranche of Munich fans in the corner separating our fans at the end and our yeah. fans on the side, which I thought was very, very unnecessary and disruptive to split the away fans in half so they couldn't get completely together. Mm. Um, so I think that was a bit underhand. Uh, so everything was against us. And, and, and people keep going on about the fact that we've ridden our luck, uh, which I dispute. I don't think we've been lucky at all. You know, luck is when a beach ball is thrown onto a pitch and it collides with the ball and knocks it into the goal. Mm. Mm. Luck is when I travelled away to watch Chelsea in an FA Cup match in the early 70s, I can't remember the exact year, and we were losing 2-0 on a wet Wednesday night in Norwich, and it was 80 minutes gone, and we were getting ready to um, pack up and go home, and all of a sudden, fog started coming in off the um, river that runs by the side of the ground, mm. and within the space of about two minutes... A clear night had turned into a night where you couldn't see the touchline in front of your own stand. And they abandoned the game and we were 2-0 down. That is what I call luck. Mm. Everything that's happened in the games away to um, Napoli, Barcelona and Munich is all about determination and spirit. 
And the fact that the um, opponents keep missing chances, it's either a combination of our determined defending so they feel they have to snatch at chances before we go and clatter them, mm. or the fact that their technique is not very good. Now, that's not our good luck. It just means the people we're playing aren't as good as they're cracked up to be. Missing a penalty is poor technique. Saving a penalty is great goalkeeping. Yep. And the fact that we only have one chance in the game and we take it is fantastic skill. That Matter has one corner, he places it almost on Drogba's head, not quite on Drogba's head because Drogba got shoved from behind that's that's right. shoved him, didn't he, yeah. and, and thrown into the ball. That's not luck, that's yeah. skill. Mm. And, and what fascinates me now is everybody's been deriding us. And yet listening to talk crap earlier on today, they were going on about the fact that um, do you think England should play the same way as Chelsea in the forthcoming Euros? And, um, you know, w would it be a virtue to play the way Chelsea played? And they used the word virtue, which fascinated me that, you know, everyone has been saying, Johan Cruyff, the manager of Bill Bauer, every single pundit saying we're the worst team ever to win the Champions League. And now they're beginning to say, actually, what we did was virtuous. And it would be a virtue for England to play the same way going into the Euros. Mm. And basically, you just have to make, the, make do with um, you do what you have what to do. And do what you have to do. And um, mm. I'm very, very proud of the way we played. And, and every single person, they all manned up, including Ryan Bertrand, who I think it was absolutely... I mean, he's never let us down in the two or three games he's played before that. Mm. And to yeah. come into that game and just be able to run was yeah. outstanding. Yeah. And um, he didn't let us down, and no one let us down. Even um, the singer didn't have any flaky moments. Maluda came on and he tried his best. Every single person, whether they had hamstrings in functioning mode or not, mm. did what they had to do. Did their bit. And um, made it the best best night ever. Mm. It's true, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's... Um, having, having looked back on it afterwards, there was... And it's not as dramatic a moment because people obviously remember goals and things like that. But when Liverpool won it in 2005, we'll, we'll gloss over it as much as we can. Um, when Ger I think it was, um, I think it was the last game of the group stages or the, the first knockout game. I can't remember exactly what, but I think Liverpool were playing someone like Panathinaikos, whoever details escape me but it's not important but the simple fact is they were out with about a minute and a half to go and Gerrard seized on loose ball in midfield and cracked home a 30 yarder which gave them the draw or the win or whatever it was they needed to actually get through and from there on in that was it they won the trophy and going back to Napoli away when we were 3-1 down um, and not particularly long to go Ashley Cole cleared the ball off the line and after that, we didn't really look back, and it's a similar sort of moment. And and it's, I think, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, we play with incredible dedication, incredible skill. But you you need that little bit of of something. You know, we won't call it luck. It's you know the classic. I think it was Gary Player or someone like that said that you know the more I practice, the luckier I get. Mm. It's just one of those things. You know, Mourinho's season with Porto when he won it when he won the Champions League had Paul Scholes not had that goal disallowed you know yes Mourinho would still be a successful manager now but would he have won the Champions League that season well probably not because he'd probably been out but we just seized our opportunities when they came and and lo and behold yeah it's cup football you just some you know 99 times out of 100 it may go wrong but yeah one time out of 100 it just goes right and, I, and it's, it's been coloured now as though 
we played backs against the wall football the whole way through the competition. But it wasn't you know, yeah, it wasn't it, it, this isn't you know you, you you have to play Barcelona a certain way and we played them that way. Mm. The, the the Bayern situation was was forced upon you know we, we would probably have played a counter attacking game because as Mark says we you know we were the away very much the away team that night yeah. but we would have probably been you know had a had a greater part of the game but we had to make do with what we had but you know to they were trying to paint the the Napoli game and the the Benfica games as all following the same pattern which was just utter you know, it's that sort of rewriting of, of the whole mm. thing to, to suit a certain view of the thing. But that game, apparently, I saw in the stats when I got home, Bayern had 45 chance of 45 shots on goal. In, in the loosest, in the loosest terms, the, the ball may have crossed our goal line from corner flag to corner flag 45 times. But in, there was in the no space of 120 years, minutes. We call them chances. Yeah, but the they truth they is, had they... five or six really good chances which they didn't take. Fine, that, that's what happens in football. But this idea that somehow they were reining in shots and everything on the goal. I mean, Robin, he concussed the guy. I mean, they, they started with about you know 40,000 Bayern fans. He got rid of oh, you know, 5,000 of them by, <laughs> by the end of 1980 smashing the ball into row X all the time well, I, you know. I mean, as, as, as any number of, of sages noted afterwards it was Robin's best game for Chelsea he was yeah. <laughs> so extraordinarily profitable they kept bringing him inside bring it, and that was why they played Bertrand and, and, and Cole mm. force him inside and he kept you know obviously each time he did it you kept thinking oh my god this will be the one but by the end of the game I swear to god as soon as he was coming inside, I didn't think he would ever get anywhere near the goal. Mm. And, you know, you can't count those as chances because, as Mark says, we've done our job. We've seen his weakness and we've played on to that. Done what we need to do. You know. yeah. um, I will um, I'll hand over to Tony, um, who watched it in a very different way. But um, but no less relevant. Uh, your thoughts on the game, and we'll, what we'll do is we'll, we'll cover the goal, as in Didier Drogba's goal and the penalties, you know, in a, in a little section after this. And we're, Christ, we're going to ramble on tonight, but fuck it, you know, we're entitled. We're European champions. We can do what we want. Um, Tony, over to you. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, uh, I, I kind of concur with everything. I, I, I just want to say, well, I totally agree with with Mark. You, we, you do not fluke all those games. We had to beat Valencia, we beat Valencia. Napoli, Benfica, Barcelona, Bayern Munich. That's not an easy route to the final. Uh, that's, it's a proper European cup win, isn't it? Absolutely, and so um, I've had a few gooners throwing things at me, you know, like uh, "Oh, you're the new Red Star Belgrade or Stoya Bucharest," and I think, <laughs> "Yeah, well, as in we won it." Yeah, you're right. Well, <laughs> who cares? Their name's on the trophy, yours isn't. So yeah, I'm, tell them they're the new Uncle but Uncle Link. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm. I, I tire of it because as I, as I said before there is no right way to play football except within the rules of the game which we did and there, there should be as much virtue in defensive um, hey, Tony you're breaking up what's going on oh am I hello 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 call Blummy so you your vocoder on oh he's, right, under, okay. he's under the stairs again isn't he yeah, okay. oddly enough there's no children here downloading so I don't know what that is um, Unless it's Thunderbird 5 gone round to the dark side of the earth. Ah, yes, that's what it is, yes. <laughs> we've, um, 
we've 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 lost lost you briefly there. Say something again. Uh, am I back now? Is that better? Hello. Oh dear. Um, oh dear. We'll see you on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. Hold on a sec. Let's um, let, let's 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 try and be technical about this and see if we can um, we can work something out because it, it's it's not sounding terribly good. Um, we'll, we'll fill in in the meantime. Um, we'll, we'll start on the business of, of penalties and all that kind of like Mark. Over to you. Your 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 thoughts at um, full time or you know full time full time and then full time extra time having seen checks over penalties. Um, hello and welcome back to the the podding shed. Um, we had some sort of technical gremlin whereby um, the the broadband connection of the Tony, who is the gentleman who was recording the whole thing, just collapsed and died. Um, so we're back. I think we got to the point roughly where we were talking about the game. So we'll move on to the penalty shootout and where we all were mentally, physically, and emotionally at that. And I suspect a fucking mess will be the general answer. Um, Donal, if you would like to um, regale us as to where you were after the um, the high of the end of normal time, the ups and downs of extra time, and the penalty shootout. Um, yeah, I was, um, I was well on fate's wagon on the way to hell by then. And um, I, I think... It was just, it was starting to become a bit of a strange out-of-body experience. You know, that <laughs> We'd given away a penalty which we'd seen saved. And, and obviously, looking back, everyone says, oh, it was in the stars and so on and so forth. Whereas, to me, it just seemed to be that, okay, they'd finished applying the electrodes and now they were going for the fingernails. You know, it was just going to go on and on. So, um yeah, when matter missed the first one, you just sort of thought, oh, God, yeah, us and penalty shootouts, that's, you know, this just isn't going to happen. And people were saying, oh, look, you know, it's down their end, it's all fixed. But you could you could see that they tossed the coin and everything. It was just another turn of the screw, as it were, that, mm. you know, they it was down in front of the Bayern fans. And, um, yeah, little by little, you sort of, the chink of light came, but... As I said when we were off air, you know, I was transported, but as Drogba walked up, you know, it, everyone was going potty by then because it suddenly seemed like for the first time that night it was actually in our hands. Mm. You know, we weren't playing catch-up. And I was just back, you know, in, in a pub in Earl's Court watching, you know, John Terry walk up, really believing for once that, you know, it was our moment. And I was thinking... I got fooled once. I'm not getting fooled again. You know, you know, covering up, covering up the eyes, and then thinking, "No, I've got to watch this. You've got to see it. Whatever happens, you've got to witness it with your own eyes, and all that sort of stuff." And um, just a disbelief, you know, when it wasn't even sort of Neuer getting a hand to it. It wasn't, you know, a scrappy penalty. It, it was just a, a calm, cool, collected swing of the leg and in it went and mm. yeah, just went I just couldn't believe you know that moment where you just suddenly realise you've 1997 when we won the cup after all that time you know, the game at Bolton when we finally won the league 1970 when David Webb scored it was all those moments sort of wrapped into one because I was you know I was there and I was the last time I was there for something like that I think was when we won in 97 but then we were expected to win and 
Dimatteo scored early and so on and so forth. Whereas this was, you know, something that had looked out of our hands most of the night, and it was just well, it was against the odds. That was that was it was utterly, you know, and yeah, just jumping around like a lunatic. I was just. Well, most people were jumping around me. By that time, I was just sort of sat back on the top of my seat, you know, just mm. uttering, I think, swear words and just gobbledygook by then. You know, I'd lost any any ability to, to make any sense to anyone. Yeah, I, I must admit, by that point, I was I was fairly incoherent. There was some, in terms of you know, kind of diametrically opposed fans. There was a, the guy who I got my ticket from when he arrived at the the ground he looked at me and said did you get your ticket from Dan I said yes I did you know good to me you don't know. and um, he was you know sort of a kind of what you would call a newer Chelsea fan and I, well, I won't make any sort of you know generalisations but the, the guy on the other side of me was a big shaven headed geezer tight t-shirt tattoos earrings the whole works and and obviously you know we, we have all now formed a lifelong bond between us because when Drogba walked up to take his final penalty and apologies if I'm repeating myself because quite frankly I'm four bottles of cider down we're now on a second recording I have absolutely fuck all clue what I've said before <laughs> and what I'm saying now so I do apologise if it's repetition um, you know we were we were arms linked hands on shoulders brothers together watching Didier step up and and willing him on and, and I think you know the prayers were offered it was, it was simply dear God whatever I have done before now including, you know, 42 years of not believing a fucking word of what you say. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes, frankly. I, <laughs> I, will, I will offer up my mortal soul and everything else I have if he will just, yes! <laughs> and, and in it goes. Um, Mark, I'll hand over to you. And, um, you can, can, I, can I just point out a point of theology that, um, that there will come the day where there will be this sort of sudden whooshing wind and an enormous sort of bellowing and crying out mm. when the because he generally does it on the one day if you, if you <laughs> read the Bible at all he tends to you know send the avenging angel sweeps through in one in one go and all these souls will be swept up and taken away um, I can honestly say that um, I didn't offer mine up I, I'll still be here when you lot are burning <laughs> in hell fire. For eternity, can, can I can I simply point out there won't be many Chelsea fans for you to chat with. <laughs> I, I, I'll stand alone then. <laughs> um, I, just as an aside, because we, we are recording live and a, a little bit of a a dig at Liverpool, like you do on occasions like this. Um, a tweet suggesting this year's soccer aid raised five million pounds, but we'll have to deduct the eighty million pounds that Kenny Dalglish spent putting the losing team together. Boom! Boom! Anyway. <laughs> Mark, over to you. Yes, well, the penalty shootout came at the end of a very um, tortuous evening where um, we'd suffered 82 minutes of pain of defending against the Germans before they scored. And then six minutes thinking, we're going to lose this, for Didier finally to make his first attack on goal and us to get back to 1-1. So we had two minutes of uh, light relief up until the final whistle. And I guess we were all hoping that it would go to extra time. And then extra time came, and sure enough, Didier stuck his foot out and tripped someone up in the box, and we had another penalty against us. Uh, but fortunately, it was Iron Robin doing what only he can do best. 
which is tapping it gently into the arms of Czech. So um, at that point, we sort of started thinking, this is going to be our game. Up until um, penalties, and then uh, Matter stepped up and missed the first one. And I certainly was thinking, you know, we're not going to come back from this against Germans taking penalties. Mm. Uh, then we had David Luis running from the halfway line to... <laughs> thanks for laughing again Um, (laughs) to calmly keep the ball down and um, keep the pressure up Mm. only for Ashley to take a brilliant penalty I I have to say uh, just just to add to that I mean David Lewis uh, on any other night it it would have been killing a Bayern fan somewhere in Rosette Um, but an extraordinary penalty but Ashley Coles the more and more I watch it the more it's the most perfect penalty tonight because it hits the side netting and if you listen to any any footballer say, you know, if you're taking a penalty, if you can aim for the side netting and get it, the keeper isn't touching it. Mm. Yeah, and, um, an ex- extraordinary penalty. I think it was it was the best of the night. Mm. And then, um, unbelievably, the Germans missed. Well, Czech saved one, and they hit the post with the other one. I'm still not sure whether um, Czech got a hand to that Schweinsteiger mm. penalty. And all uh, that was left was for uh, sorry, Tony. Oh, I believe the phrase is he. Uh, it's called laughing in sailing terms. We very gently, by using the the sail in a kind of almost an oscillating way, you can change the direction of the ship, uh, the, the the yacht. And I described it as such. He luffed it to the post. Uh, Bare fingertips. Okay. The HD replay clearly picks out the fact that check fingertipped it and got it to the post. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. <sighs> And all, Sorry, that, all that was left <laughs> was for um, Didier to take centre stage and stroll up to take his penalty. And as I mentioned on the blog, whereas everyone else would come along looking slightly panic-stricken, bearing in mind the magnitude of what was about to happen, Didier pulled up one sock, pulled up his next, the other sock, tidied the front of his shirt just to make sure he was picture-perfect <laughs> for his final kick in Chelsea colours. And as he struck the ball and it went towards the opposite corner from where the goalkeeper was diving, we all knew the final outcome. And therefore our six lottery balls had come up. And as the ball crossed the line, our bonus ball came trundling in that meant Tottenham were out of the Champions League <laughs> and we were champions of Europe. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it, 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 it bears repeating, champions of Europe. Can I just point out that... Um there's a slight dent in our uh, you need a mad Balkan theory because um, mm. Bayern the first guy to miss was Olic wasn't he who was Bayern's yeah. mad Croatian um, and last Schweinsteiger missed so and last his last kick for um, his last kick for Bayern wasn't it Olic yeah. but, um, mm. but yeah I think um, after the general pandemonium died down um, and we made our way back to um, back to reality well uh, and away from the ground, and just you know, the and, um, and days afterwards, just pondering it all was um, it, it was too difficult to take in. You know, we 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 sat there, and if the weekend wasn't perfect enough, I, I want to mention these two guys because I met them on the Sunday night. We um, we got back. We had a, a fantastic dinner at the hotel I used to stay at when I worked out in Munich. Um, five of us all Chelsea fans obviously and, and sat there and, and knocked several bottles of wine back and um, ate Tafelspitz and, uh, and black pudding and all sorts of stuff like that and it was it was a magnificent evening we got back and obviously you know 
sat in a hotel bar and or outside the hotel bar and had a couple more beers. And we met two Chelsea fans from Vancouver and gnashing away with them and obviously uh, simply said that we couldn't miss it, we had to be here, we made our way in and so on and so forth and, and got gnashing with them and, and I said, you know, even you know, 24 hours later, I'm simply trying to collate all my thoughts and all the little things that have happened and just to try and put it all together for a podcast I'm going to do with a, a, a bunch of bunch of mates next week and he looked at me and said you're not the podding shed are you (laughs) (laughs) at which point I fell backwards off my chair and and, and laughed heartily and said "Uh, yes that's us Um, and and lo you know I I travel x hundred miles to Munich he travels x thousand miles to Munich you end up sitting in a hotel bar together and he's listening to your podcast and he's a big fan so apologies mate I can't remember your name there were two of you you're both expats you both live in Vancouver I'm hoping you're listening to this because you said you listened to all the others drop us a note and tell us who you are because obviously I was pissed and I can't remember so apologies on that front it was wonderful to meet you and I hope you had a safe journey back um (laughs) moving swiftly on um Dona, what, obviously, I think we all had sort of roughly the same experience in trying to get back into the Marion Platz after the game, mm. um, and were encouraged away, shall we say, by um, numerous riot police. Yeah. Um, what did you go back? You went back that night, didn't you? So you didn't get to do. We had a, tra- a train at half because we couldn't get hotels. Booked a, a train for half five in the morning, and uh, so there's two of us going back on that, and the other guys were. The- getting an eight o'clock-ish train, I think, to Frankfurt. So I think with the journey back from the, the the stadium and then the fact that a lot of bars were closing up, sort of some of the heat, Not, I don't mean it was disappointing, I just mean that because there wasn't going to be somewhere comfortable to sit and have a few beers, we just decided we'd head to the station, which was just a carpet of people lying on the hard floor uh, having a kip. Uh, you know, waiting for their trains to go, and you know, thousands and thousands of people. It was, it was amazing to see that many people. You know, you're sort of basically stepping over bodies here, there, and everywhere. And so that was the tough bit of the whole trip, till you know, um, till about, you know, from sort of three o'clock till about half five when our train was going. Because once we were on this train, it was like a four-hour trip to Cologne, so you could get asleep, but. Mm. You know, that, that was the only hard bit. And then, you know, when you got to Cologne and had had a bit of a kip, you could sit and have a coffee and just relive everything again. And it was uh, it was fantastic. And then on the, the second leg from Cologne home, we were um, we were sitting next to Fernando Duarte, who you may read stuff he does or hear him on the Guardian podcast. He's a, okay. he's a Brazilian... Um, it was a very pleasant chap, you know, we had a nice chat to him. He he tipped us off about the uh, the Torres comments. He said, oh, you'll hear some stuff uh, that right. uh, Torres came out with. And he said, you know, we said, oh, is it significant? He said, no, I think he just needs to be loved. <laughs> and what, what he also said was that he was in this mix zone. He could hear um, Matter being interviewed by the Spanish press. And they were asking him, oh, you know, what was the plan? You know, did you have a plan when when Bayern scored, you know, for getting back in the game. And he basically said, we didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't have a clue. <laughs> yes. 
you know, it's just so. I, um, yeah, that was an interesting thing just to get an insight into. Yeah, in terms of uh, your, your comment about the mix zone, I, I, I go back to uh, Dan Levine, who is um, who's, who's the man who does for the, the Hammersmith and Fuller Chronicle and tweets as Blues Chronicle. Um, he, he was uh, he said there were I think there was something like two thousand six hundred press in the stadium that night, which is quite a substantial amount but he said he he was in the mix zone and, and waiting for players to come out and obviously it's an absolute scrum trying to get a quote and I think he said he spoke to Mikel um, who, was, who was a thoroughly good chap but he said he, he got a sniff of, of Frank who, who was quite clearly very pissed by the time he made it out <laughs> so you could just sort of feel these faint wafts of alcohol coming over um, so Frank was obviously enjoying himself and rightly so as well we would suggest we, we're not condemning this in any way if there was a man who deserved several beers after the um, after the after the game then um, that was him um, Mark you, I think you tried to get back into um the Marion Platts afterwards as well and were, were, were beaten away by riot police <laughs> yes well so I mean, it, it was all a bit of a struggle really which um, is the problem with these out of town stadiums that there's only one station so it took us well over an hour to get into the um, underground station I keep calling it an underground station I know, I know they don't call it underground what do they call it uh, the U-Barn yeah that thing the U-Barn's the um, underground one and the S-Barn's the overground one apparently so um, I don't know if the people who run the underground were aware that there was a game on that evening but um, they managed to get one or two trains out of the siding <laughs> and um, squeezed about 10,000 fans on each train and um, it took a long time we were pausing in between stations it was still sweltering hot Yeah. Uh, the father and son combination I was travelling with as the train lurched forward and braked um, very abruptly the father lurched forward and my son grabbed out to save him from falling and ripped the wet t-shirt still drying from the afternoon beer soaking <laughs> um, completely off down one side at which point he said uh, I think I better just throw the shirt away when I get home <laughs> um, time to give in yeah. so we got off at the Marionplatz thinking that all the bars would be open and that there'd be hordes of Chelsea fans all celebrating and it was like a ghost town. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was completely pitch black, apart from some German um, heavily clad policemen escorting young, innocent-looking Bayern Munich fans away into vans, which I think was stage-managed just to make it patently obvious that we weren't welcome. And um, at that point, we sort of gave up and wandered back to the hotel and got there about three o'clock. But I'm sure if Munich had won, the town would have been awake. Mm. Oh, yeah, been yeah. serving beer. Definitely. I think so, yeah. Definitely. No, I think um, I, you know I thoroughly enjoyed the evening in, in terms of the fact. Oh, I didn't you know didn't crawl into bed until about five o'clock um, on the Sunday morning, having got back to our hotel and was was able to procure a beer or two there. But um, enjoyed it. Um, Tone after the game. Well, I mean, aside of anything else, obviously you were you were press ganged into um, into watching the penalty shootout for the first time ever, I believe. Yes. Yeah. I. I I'm a you know the renowned coward um, uh, in all aspects of football and struggle with penalty shootouts even you know when what do they do do they, do they start just putting um, like car egg hose from the car exhaust in under the the, the, the cupboard door you know <laughs> where you're yeah. just, sort of just smoke you out like that yeah. <laughs> the, the how is it done the cupboard was barred actually I mean it was already barred up um, I, I you know we'd I'd, I'd Bayern scored 82 minutes and 
you know, uh, me and my brother, we just sank, sank into the to the chairs and went, fair enough, that's it, over, done with. Four or five of us grizzled old football fans just sat there going, well, they'll see this out now. Uh, they've been the better team, they've had the better chances. Uh, it was a valiant effort not to be. And uh, and lo and fucking behold, um, Trogba smacks an header from absolutely nowhere. Um, or it seemed like absolutely nowhere. And um, I think my daughter's boyfriend probably still hasn't recovered from the clean jump into his arms that I did that night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> completely unexpectedly. And, um, uh, you know, it, it, it was just such a... I have no idea how nothing got smashed in the in the you know the 30 seconds or so after Drogba scored there was absolutely none of that you know they, you sometimes get a millisecond of oh my god has it just gone in oh yes it has none of that it was instant the minute it hit his head we were jumping up and down when it came to the penalty shootout because I mean I'd actually said anything but penalties right I don't want extra time I don't want penalties I want a clean kill either way 90 minutes, let's all, you know, have a drink, enjoy it, or have a drink and console ourselves or whatever, and of course, I, you know, what, what I, I, I got exactly what I bloody, that's why I don't bet, but um, uh, all I'd say is, is that it, when it came to the penalties, you know, uh, the trainers were being slipped on, and the, uh, the it was it was bitterly cold here, um, mm. and uh, uh, it was like, you know, I'm going to find myself a jacket, and I'll be up the road with, uh, you know, the the iPod and some, you know, Pink Floyd or some suitably melancholic music <laughs> to take me through uh, what would be an undoubted agony. And, and you know, when Drogba, uh, when Bayern scored, my daughter, my youngest daughter and my wife sat there and went, they were the only ones in the room that went, we're not out of this, we, we, we'll get one back. And I was looked at them and I said it on the blog, you, <laughs> Are you quite mad? Yeah, <laughs> and I basically said, and they got it from pretty much everybody, it was like, you poor deluded idiots, you know, you, you have no idea, women, what do you know about football sort of thing, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and of course we got it back, and when it came to the penalty, all I can say is, is that uh, if uh, whoever our new manager is ever needs a defensive wall uh, to practice in, in training, I'm happy to bring my family around, because that's pretty much what they formed in order to stop me leaving, um, there was a mixture of emotions, disgust, and everything like that. So, you know, you are not going anywhere. You're going to watch this one. I have never watched a penalty shootout. Uh, the first one I really recall ever walking away from was Italia 90, and I went right. out into the car park, and since then I've never been able to sit through one. And don't forget, I am the guy at Stamford Bridge who, when Chelsea get a penalty, I, am, I have to turn my back. Right? It's now a ritual. Okay, I am not allowed to watch the penalty, uh, and so to sit there and watch it unfurl as he did. And I was like everyone else. Matter walked up. My first comment was, "He's missed two this season." <laughs> 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 Looking on the bright side, yeah, as ever. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I mean, I was a bit surprised he was our first penalty taker. To be honest, yeah, yeah, I, yeah very yeah. true. Uh, he and, took and, it injured apparently as well. He, yeah, he was he, carrying a knock when he took it as well. Yeah, so. I'd say that as well afterwards. Yeah, he mm. and, and, and <laughs> we're all experts on body language retrospectively, but he he looked quite nervous he, he didn't look he didn't have that look in his eyes that all of the others had he you know. was nervous I was fucking terrified yeah yeah I've said they've they only got to play the game we've got to live it haven't we I mean Christ <laughs> almighty um, but you know as, as, as it trundled on when I saw 
crazy David stand-up. You know, my daughter's got a real crush on him, and she, ah, oh, it's, it's crazy it's David. I was going, it's yeah, crazy fucking David. Like, you know, and uh, it, that that run-up was something to behold. It's like, hold on a minute, are you sure? He had, <laughs> the, he had, he had the shortest walk from the centre circle to the ball. Never <laughs> did he really? It just absolutely did. But the other thing that came across during the penalty shootout was that, uh, and it, I know it's stereotyping, but Manuel Neuer. Just the sheer arrogance of the man after the first save. He was like particularly that. German, wasn't he? He was. It, honestly, and I, I don't want to stereotype, but he could have been wearing a, a, an SS outfit at that point. He just <laughs> had. I he just you had. You might not be wanting to stereotype, Tony, but you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you pretty he, much have done. Yeah, you got it that point. He, and I don't uh, I've done my best all evening to avoid <laughs> making such no, references. It was to the point where Stone was offered a shower at Munich, Munich <laughs> Station when he arrived. I've avoided it all the way along, and now suddenly Tony's at it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't mean it in that sense. I just meant that there's... A, don't mention the war. A, 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 mm. a, an arrogance about the man. And um, you, if, if I wanted to see some pompous prick bubble burst, it was his, you know, after that. Um, but... Hey. Is he Hello? Tony, come back! Not again! Oh, dear. Oh, fucking hell, it's all gone horribly wrong. Buggeration. Right, don't let dead air. Um, Mark, um, anyone, someone, please. And we are back with part three of the podding shed. Um, we are, we are having... What yeah, we, we've had the game, we've had extra time. This, now, is, penalties. this, this is penalties. <laughs> um, we've had the odd technical problem tonight. Um, apologies if you're listening. You may well be listening to this in three downloads. I have no mm. idea how it's going to work technically. Um, but and somewhere the, run, the people who run the U-Barn are all laughing. <laughs> Because <laughs> we keep criticising <laughs> them. And every time we criticise them, it all goes to pot. The U-Barn is great. Mocking Can I just their... make that plain? <laughs> Indeed, no. Mock, mocking their prowess. Um, I think probably the best thing to do is, is we, will, we will simply round this up. Um, it was an absolutely extraordinary night, um, a fantastic weekend, um, and one we will all remember for the rest of our born days. Um mm. Every Chelsea fan I know has, is is still pretty much speechless. Um, there are people. There was a guy on Twitter last night who was just watching the game in real time as it was exactly a week ago, tweeting, "Fuck, we've got one nil down. What are we going to do?" and so forth. Um, and and I think it, it's 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 obviously just going to be a defining moment in the history of of our football club. Where we go from here, well, that's a subject for another podcast when hopefully the gremlins won't interrupt us. But whether whether Robbie stays, um, Didier Drogba, obviously the hero of the night, is um, is, is off to pastures new, and we we will cover him on a, on another another podcast. But we wish him all the very best. Um, if there's ever a way to to go out. And, and leave your fo- your career with a particular football club behind. I don't think you could ever do it better than Drogba has um, no. with us. Um, it was truly quite extraordinary. Um, for the summer, um, I suspect we're going to take a little break. We will sort the technical gremlins out, and um, we will come back when um, there is football and other such matters to talk about. Um, has, has anyone else noticed? I, I three times I've sort of I think once on the radio and twice on the telly. Uh, you keep bumping into the sort of Chelsea fan thing. I, I turned on something that had a news report about the cricket and someone suggested they were going to go and talk to Alex Stewart. 
Mm. And the other guy sort of said, there's no point talking to him. All he wants to talk about is penalties. And he'd obviously been throughout the cricket commentary referring to Saturday because apparently he was there. Then I watched, have I got news for you? Uh, played back, I think it was on the other night. Um, and it's actually got um, the guy from Star Trek, William oh, Shatner. It's it actually, was, it was it's, it's worth genius. seeing. It was but, so, um, surreal, so surreal, it was brilliant. It's worth seeing on its own, but Andy Hamilton, the writer, you know, the, mm. the comedy writer, the guy with the beard, he was on there talking about the Chelsea, you know, how happy he was, and everyone was sort of saying, don't mention it, He'll, he won't shut up. <laughs> and uh, I just watched the um, the Jimmy Carr thing that Sean Locke is on. Uh, that was, you know, we had that take, right. and there was Sean Locke giving a rent, you know, the Chelsea thing came up and there he was giving a rendition of celery on, <laughs> on national television <laughs> and explaining generally to the assembled multitude what it was all about. I am, um, I, I kind of like it. And, and I sat on the train back from, um, from Heathrow on, on Monday, got, got the gap, got the, um, Heathrow express into Paddington and then, um, sort of did the tube and then the, the train back to the burbs down in Surrey where I am. And, and I, I'm fairly sure there was a guy who was on my flight, at the other end of the carriage and you know kind of got off and he had what what we will now refer to now and in the future as the Munich grin <laughs> they were, they were, uh, every, everywhere I'm fairly certain I've seen sort of people dotted around London in the in the days since just with that sort of slightly enigmatic Mona Lisa-esque smile about them that that will not go for a very very long time there's, there's a guy at um, our church who my wife was talking to him on Sunday morning um I had no idea he was a Chelsea fan. He, he has been on quite a bit of telly, but he's, you know, he's a, uh, he's not a big name actor, but you see him around and he's a part of the National Theatre group. And he was telling her that he was a Chelsea fan and he was actually in a play at the National Theatre on Saturday night. Ooh. And he said, all I was doing was like sitting, I was going to the control room because all the control room techie guys had it up on a screen and I was watching it there and then running out, he said, doing my lines, uh, he said, and I kept looking to the wings for any of the technical blokes to come running out and tell me if there'd been a score <laughs> and then getting off as quick as possible and running in. As you can imagine people sitting there watching this play going on, had no idea that all this man had it is while he was you know, acting out some part of, you know, terrible pain or drama or tragedy. All he was thinking was... Have we fucking scored? <laughs> ...legging it off again. I think, um, to, to, to summarise this, um, I, I have a picture that I'll send to, to Nick, our esteemed blogmaster, to, to stick up on the site, um, and I'll request another one. Um, it is simply a picture... Of, my friend Tim and I, we went down to the Marienplatz at about 11 o'clock on Saturday morning to have, have the beer we were craving, on Sunday morning rather, to have the beer we were craving by then because obviously we've been away from alcohol for at least four hours. Um, and whether the main town hall is in the Marienplatz, as you look at it, the big the big Gothic building, um, in one of the arches um, there was kind of a tourist information office um, and the picture that I have of this, this gentleman above him is, is the window it says information and Munich loves you but there is simply a man in your proper Munich dress he's got his lederhose and he's got his knee length socks and his braces and so forth he is lying clearly quite slaughtered in the sun at about 11 o'clock in the morning after with a beer bottle next to his foot 
absolutely comatose. And I did see, you know, he wasn't dead. You know, we didn't actually just completely ignore this guy. A couple of people wandered up and gave him a prod, and he was kind of, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Just, just leave me be. Just leave me be. Um, and the sex- second picture I will try and get is that we were sitting in um, in a restaurant on um, Sunday lunchtime with Dan Levine, aforementioned throughout the many parts of this podcast. Um, and he actually had he'd been tweeted a picture of a church service in Nigeria where most of the congregation were wearing Chelsea shirts and they basically had a service to give thanks for our Champions League victory. <laughs> what what more can you add? Um, gents, I, it's, it's been... We, we started this back in about February, I think, that this whole podcasting lark. Um, people seem to have enjoyed it. It's been a fairly roller coaster season, or half of a season. It's um, been a roller coaster evening tonight, hasn't it? It's, yeah, it has, yeah, it's very true. <laughs> Who knows what the next five minutes We started just before the Napoli game, so I, we did, I'm, yeah. I'm not entirely sure that uh, this whole successful thrust to the season isn't isn't down to us. I mean, I don't want to be the first one to seize, you know, credit. There was a few players and a, you know, a manager involved, but I don't think you, you can may, you play down well our role think, in all um, this. We, we've, we found our feet and, um, and we've gone on from strength to strength and, you know, who, who knows where it may take us next season, but... Um, I, I've personally have thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you chaps have as well. Um, oh, massive. And I think um, what we will do is we will say we will take our little sabbatical, well earned that it is. Um, we will bid everyone a very, very happy summer. Um, Christ only knows whether Eden Hazard will, will pitch his tent up here for 40 million quid and 200,000 euros a week, but we European champions. We must be rolling in it now. I mean, <laughs> you know, doesn't matter, surely. Um, on that note, if anyone has anything to add, add it now because who knows when the connection may go down next. All right, well, I'd like to say something. Carry on. Um, I just had the week off work, which means all of the Tottenham fans I work with think they've got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> they <Nice>. haven't. <laughs> all I can say to you is enjoy tomorrow morning. Um, on that note, I think we will sign off. Um, we are the Podding Shed, the podcast of the Chelsea FC blog. Co- blog. dot com. If anyone need a reminding, that's Chelsea FC, the champions of Europe. Good night. Good night. Good night. I'll feel the same.